Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and I'm Suzanne. And you're listening to the Culips English podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Culips. You're listening to Simplified Speech, the Culips series that features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. Today, I'm joined by my co-host Suzanne. Hey there, Sue. Hey, Andrew. Hi, listeners. Today, we're going to talk about buying and selling used things, Andrew. But before we do that, we should let everyone know about the study guide so they can follow along as they listen today. All right, Suzanne, that is a great idea. So, everyone, the study guide for this episode includes the transcript, detailed vocabulary explanations and examples, a quiz, and more. You can download the study guide in a PDF file and print it off, or you can view a mobile-friendly version that looks great on smartphones. And to access the study guide, all you need to do is visit our website. Culips.com and sign up and become a Culips member. And we also want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Andrew. Our listener's name is Win, and Win is currently living in Texas. Suzanne, would you call Texas your home state? <laughs> it's weird because I lived part of my life in Texas. I've only lived there about six years of my life, but my family does live there, so I guess I would call it my family state right now. <laughs> I don't feel like it's home necessarily. Yeah. And is Texas nicknamed the Lone Star State or the Big Star State? I can't remember. The Lone Star State.、Mm -hmm. Lone Star State and. Is is it true that people in Texas actually say "howdy"? Is that true? Honestly, maybe as a joke. I don't know if they really say it like for real, but they they definitely say "y'all." Y'all. Y'all. Y'all is all the time. <laughs> y'all is all the time. Well, howdy, anyways, <laughs> to Win, who is listening to us in Texas, and thank you so much for the glowing review and five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Everyone, I'll share Win's message with you now. Win wrote. If you're familiar with this greeting, hello everyone, or you feel like Andrew's voice just comes up in your mind, you're already such a big fan of Culips like me. Three things I did to convey my gratitude for Culips are writing a great review with five stars, introducing Culips to my friends, and becoming a Culips member. Wow, Win, you have been a great help to Culips indeed. Win continues. To tell you the truth, I've been receiving a lot of compliments from friends. They said your English skills are improving. Wow! So thank you, Culips, and every host. I'll keep learning English with you all. I'm a Korean person who lives in Texas. English was actually not my thing, but now I'm enjoying it. Stay cool and well. Wow, that was great. Yes. What an awesome review! Thanks so much. So, listeners, leaving a positive review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to Culips helps more English learners from around the world 
find Qlips and study with us. So if you could find the time to leave just a short review, we would really appreciate it. Okay, so I think we have all of the announcements out of the way. <laughs> so let's get started with this episode. As you mentioned earlier in the show, today our topic is buying and selling things online. Buying and selling things online. And Suzanne, the reason why I thought it would be fun to talk about this today is because recently I've been doing a lot of this. I have been using uh, an app that is very popular here in South Korea, where I live, called Carrot Market. I guess is the translation, oh. Carrot Market. And it's a fun app where you can yeah, advertise products and sell them uh, easily through the app, or you can shop for used products also easily through that app. And cool. I think as you know, and as our listeners know, I recently moved to a new place and moving is the perfect time to shed a lot of the things that you own that maybe are just collecting dust in the cupboard or something. You don't really use them very often. So my wife and I have been selling things like crazy on Carrot Market <laughs> recently. So this topic came to mind. That's really cool. And what kinds of things have you been selling, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> well, lots of things, actually, mostly just household products. Also, a lot of items for our dog that we actually don't use very often. Yeah. When we first got our dog, Pinky, you know, we are new dog owners and we thought we needed everything. So we bought so much stuff for Pinky. He was really spoiled at the start when he first started living with us. Uh, but as we got to know him a bit better and uh, got to find out what he likes and doesn't like, we realized uh, there's just a lot of dog stuff that we have that yeah. uh, he doesn't use very often. And so we didn't just want to throw that stuff out. So we sold a lot of that and just odds and ends from around the house. I sold a hiking backpack that uh, I actually won during a marathon that I was in uh, Cool. before the yeah. pandemic. One of my prizes for finishing the marathon was this hiking backpack. But uh, I haven't had the opportunity to use it. It was just collecting dust in the back of my cupboard. So I put it up on Carrot Market to sell it. And I guess I listed it for too low of a price because I put it up for sale for around $10 American, probably be around what? $10 American. That's so cheap. And that day it was pouring rain. It was absolutely pouring rain. And within <laughs> like 30 seconds, we got a message from somebody who wanted to buy the backpack. And they're like, I'll come and meet you right now. <laughs> I was like, it's pouring rain. I really want the bag. Okay. So I sold the backpack. And maybe in the end, I sold it for too little. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go outside and meet this guy in the pouring rain. But for 10 bucks. Uh, for 10 bucks. It felt, it felt good to sell it, though. I, I was happy with it. Yeah. In Canada, we have what's called Kijiji, which is the same thing, a website, an app where you can sell your stuff. 
or buy stuff that you're looking for secondhand. And I think it's similar to Craigslist in the U.S. as well. There's also an app here called Let Go. So yeah, Let Go is more interesting because it's faster. I find the response is quite quick. And the app is a bit more, it's seamless. And so mm. people can really message you privately in a very free-flowing way. It's a simple click on the name, boom, you're in a private message and you can ask. So it's great because you can really jump on those deals if you're buying something <laughs> like your person who bought the bag for $10. It's easy because you just click, click, and you send a message really, really fast. So yeah, it's it's interesting. We just sold, Olivier used to have a motorcycle and he doesn't have the motorcycle anymore. He hasn't had it for a while, actually, maybe 10 years. But we have had these motorcycle helmets and mm. they're big and mm. they really are, you know, just up on the shelf and they're an eyesore mm. in our living room, meaning everything looks like a living room should. And then your eye goes to these big helmets and it just looks like it's out of place and it looks ugly. So they're an eyesore. And he finally sold them, which was great. And we were like high-fiving. Yes, they're gone. <laughs> but it was great because they made someone very happy who needed new helmets. And they weren't very used. And so that made it a good deal for someone yeah. Have you ever bought anything on Carrot Market or another used goods app? I mean, I used to do this when I was younger. I remember when the Nintendo 64 first came out. Suzanne, do you remember <laughs> the Nintendo 64? Andrew, I was around <laughs> for the original Nintendo <laughs> So was I, Suzanne. The Nintendo 1.0, okay? Yeah. <laughs> of course I remember <laughs> Nintendo 64. <laughs> I'm older than you, remember? <laughs> I, I don't know if you were into video games or not. I guess that's what I I'm like was wondering. ex-millennial, right? I'm like right at the cusp of Gen X and millennial. So <laughs> I definitely remember Nintendo 64, yeah. <laughs> so when Nintendo 64 was released, I'm going to take a guess and say it was sometime around 1995 or 1996. Sure. I was I was born in 1984. One of the great things about my birth year is that it corresponds with the grade that I was in at, at school at the time. So for example, in 1994, I was in grade four. In 1995, I was in grade five. So it's very easy for me to kind of put cool. a date yeah. to when I was in school. So I think if Nintendo 64 was released around 95 or 96, then I would have been, you know, in my later years of elementary school. And of course, like all the kids in my school, I wanted a Nintendo 64, but... 
Uh, it was expensive and my parents didn't buy one for me. However, my brother and I, we had a paper route and we delivered newspapers, which is crazy to think because we were just, you know, <laughs> young kids, but <laughs> we delivered papers and made money and we bought a Nintendo 64 through the classifieds because this is kind of pre-internet. I don't think we had internet at my house at that time yet. Mm, not sure. I mean, internet yeah. would have been around, but I don't think my house was connected yet. And definitely Craigslist probably wasn't around at that time. So I remember, you know, we had lots of newspapers around because we delivered newspapers. So we would look in the classified ads. Classified ads are the buy and sell ads in a newspaper. Of course, this has all been moved online these days, but... Yeah, we found a Nintendo 64 and bought it that way. That's one thing that sticks out. But, you know, when I was playing music regularly as well, oh, I yeah. would buy and sell a lot of gear online. I bought a lot of amplifiers and guitars and effect pedals online. But Yeah, because those are things that are expensive, but you don't know how long you're going to use them for. And it's better to buy used because you can get a really good brand, right? A, mm -hmm. a really high quality brand of equipment for a lot less. So I think that that's a really good item. Like those are great items to buy and sell used. Those kinds of things like musical instruments and equipment as well, often vintage, old yeah. Things are the ones that you want to buy, like especially when it comes to guitars and guitar amplifiers. Often the ones that are from the 60s and the 70s are much better made than the ones that you can buy these days. You know, often they're hand built or made yeah. by a real craftsman. And these days, if you want to get that quality, you have to pay a ton of money. The ones that are yep kind of cheap or affordable are usually just mass produced in factories. So if you buy something used, then it's usually a much, much better product. So I have a funny story about selling something that I had kind of a weird feeling about. We renovated our kitchen a few years ago and there was this kind of butcher block table type of thing, like a countertop uh, that I had from New York, something that I moved from my New York City kitchen to here. And it was made by a carpenter and it was solid wood and really well made. And I loved it, but it just didn't fit anymore in our decor, in our new kitchen. And we didn't need it. We had plenty of counter space at, with the new kitchen. So we sold it on the Let's Go app, and it was my first experience with the <laughs> Let's Go app. And this guy pounced. He just jumped on this thing, and I sold it for like 150 bucks because I paid 300 and it was really well made. Sorry, Sue, I'm just going to interrupt you to explain that word you just used because that was a great vocabulary word that you chose to use there, to pounce on something means to take advantage of an opportunity really, really quickly, right? So you yeah. put this butcher's block up for sale and the the guy pounced on it and bought it right away or expressed interest in buying it right away. 
yes, his interest was quick and he messaged me right away and he jumped on the deal, right? Mm -hmm. And what made me feel weird or worried was that he just would message me all day long. Like he wanted to talk <laughs> and chat. Okay. So he would message me about the item. It would start about the item and then it would strangely go into personal questions. And so this was very confusing and scary, but he was willing to pay my price. So I kept talking to this person and finally he wanted us to deliver it to his house. So we did. And he even asked us to come into his place, like like to bring it in to his apartment. Did he give you a delivery fee? <laughs> no, I know I was thinking that. And and then we we brought it into his house and I started to feel scared and creepy like oh gosh are we being lured into his home is he gonna do something scary i don't know i don't know this guy to try and trick you into coming into his home exactly entice us right to yes. bring us into his home and trap us in his house Yikes! and he started to sell things to us do you guys need a bookshelf <laughs> Look at this bookshelf. I'm selling this bookshelf. Do you want to buy that? We're like, no, we're not interested in any furniture. We want to get rid of furniture. We're not looking to buy. And he kept showing us, do you like this picture? Look at this picture. Why don't you buy this picture? And then maybe a, a garbage can. Do you like this garbage can? Why don't we work out a deal? I'll give you all three of those Finally, we were like, we really need to go. We're meeting a friend for lunch. We have to go. We didn't actually have a lunch date, but we did get out of there and we got <laughs> in the car and we drove away. I had the money in my hand. I gave him the butcher block and I was like, phew, let's go. And we just like sped away and we raced off and yeah. We got out of there. So it was a little creepy, a little awkward and creepy. That was a weird experience. That does sound like a pretty crazy story. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad that nothing <laughs> really bad happened. But that brings up a good point, And that is that you have to be really careful when buying and selling things online because you never really know who's on the other end of the transaction Right. If you're That's selling true. something, the buyer could be a little bit creepy. It kind of reminds me a little bit about um, me and my wife selling things recently on Carrot Market because uh, my wife has been the one doing all of the posting and talking to the people who want to buy the products and sort of doing the the typing on the app, right? She She's Korean. We live in Korea, so it's easy for her to do all of that kind of thing. But I'm the one who goes out and actually meets the seller and collects the money and makes the transaction. Now, we always meet in a public place. We don't want people coming to our house, knowing where yeah. we live, that kind of thing. So we always just meet in a public place, but it's always a little bit 
funny to see the reaction on people's faces when they see that it's me, uh, a <laughs> foreigner, <laughs> collecting the money and giving them the product. I think they're expecting to see a Korean person and then suddenly I'm there. Hello. And uh, I make the transaction. Ah. That's so funny. So it, it's true that you never really know who's going to be on the other end of things. But I think the best way to avoid any complications is just to meet in a very public place. I know that back in my hometown, actually, even the police station downtown has a little area in front of the police station where people meet to exchange products when they buy and sell things online. So that's great. That's, you know, a really safe place to do it right in front of the police station. Hopefully doing it that way will ensure that, you know, no scammers or evil people take advantage of you in any way. Yeah. And I'm sure this guy was harmless in my experience it, with that let go app. I'm sure he was just awkward, but mm. it freaked us out. So I think you're super right on that one, Andrew. Go in a public space. And I just have one more question for you. Have you ever had to like negotiate or haggle with mm. people about the price? Good question. Negotiate or haggle. Haggle means pretty much the same thing as negotiate, right? Trying to get a cheaper price if you're the buyer or maybe more money if you're the seller going back and forth negotiating the price haggle. Um, not... Really, uh, I never meet the person who's going to sell something and then offer them. I sometimes do make an offer, but I always do it during my first message, right? It's like, oh, hey, I like that product that you're selling for $50. Would you take $45 for it? I'll give you $45 for it. Uh, I'll make a negotiation like that and... Uh, yeah. That gives them the opportunity to refuse it or to accept it. But I would never meet the person and then on the spot be like, hey, uh, can I get a discount? I think that's a little rude. Yeah. When we were going to school at Concordia, I had that happen to me. I was selling some designer bags that I had from New York City because... In New York City, it's a little more fashion forward. No offense, Montreal. It is very fashion centered here, but I would say probably a lot more fashion forward in New York. And the pressure to have a designer bag maybe is a little more in the forefront of your mind. More, There's more pressure to be, you know, trendy and it's more apparent there. And I had a bunch of designer bags and not a lot of places to bring them and showcase them and not a lot of storage. So I said, all right, it's time to sell these puppies. So <laughs> I put them on Kijiji and I made like individual prices. And then I also made like a price for all three or something like that. A bundle price. Yeah, like a buy all all three together and you'll get like a little bit of a discount. Mm -hmm. And I put these so low. I mean, I was selling bags that were like $500 US for like 50 Canadian. I mean, it's, come on, okay? 
a good deal. They were barely used. I mean, I kept them very nice in bags. I kept the bags in bags. So they were very protected and well cared for. And this woman decided to haggle me. And I think I gave her like two for 60 or something, like something ridiculous. And she was trying to get me down. And I just looked her in the eye and I said, ma'am, no, (laughs) I'm sorry. I did not come all the way down here to downtown to meet you. I'll take my bags back. I'm not taking less than 60. Like we already went over this. She already negotiated with me and haggled. And I got down to 60 for two. And she was like, wanted it for less or something. Anyway, I was like, no, it's not happening. Uh Uh-uh. And so, yeah, she (laughs) didn't get her deal. But I was so mad because it was like we had already established a price We already negotiated, like you said, pre-meeting. And then when we got there, she was changing her mind. And that just made me so mad. So I said, N-O, no. (laughs) You know, in North America, we don't have too many opportunities to negotiate prices or to haggle. I think there's a little bit of room for that when you're buying something really expensive like a house or a car maybe you can put in an offer and sometimes it will be accepted but you know like in many countries it's okay to haggle at the market for example but canadians and americans we don't really do that but this is one place and one time when you can haggle and It's not inappropriate. And that's when you're buying or selling something used. So that's that's kind of interesting how that does exist in our culture, just in a very specific place and at a very specific time. This has been such an interesting conversation, Andrew. And we actually love to pose this question to you listeners. Have you ever sold or bought anything online or maybe you have an interesting experience doing so, please let us know. You can email us your stories or questions or thoughts at contact at qlips.com. We'd love to hear your experiences with buying or selling used goods. That's right. Don't be shy. Feel free to send us a message. And if you like studying with QLips and you find us very helpful for your English learning, then we'd really love it if you could support us just like Wynn did. And you can do that in many different ways. The best way is by signing up and becoming a QLips member on our website, QLips.com. But that's not the only way. You could also tell your friends who are learning English to check out QLips. You could follow us on social media and you could leave us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. That is it for us for today, but we'll be back soon with another brand new episode, and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, guys.